Welcome back, everybody, to another fun episode of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. I am once again just checking my data. You guys are listening, loving it, rating it. Can't thank you enough. I stick to my promise. I'm going to get people that are just passionate about whiskey on here and just have fun. And today's guest just falls right in line with that. Actually, I, David, we did an interview a while ago. I'd like to introduce David Pierce from Clandestine Whiskey Magazine. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks, Cher. And I think uh, passion is exactly the word that I have. It's just a wonderful <laughs> whiskey that brings us all together. Do you want, you want to introduce yourself briefly to the audience? So my name's David. I used to be a, a sommelier, so dealing with wine. Then I had my own fine wine merchants. And then I was written about in the Financial Times, London Financial Times, not commissioned to write books on wine. But I come over to whiskey because whiskey is so much nicer, so much more shareable as a product. So now I publish my own online whiskey magazine, Clandestine Whiskey Magazine. And I obviously active on Instagram and I write about for a whiskey for a couple of websites as well. But I think whiskey is an absolute constant learning experience and tasting experience and I've got an incredible first for knowledge and I'm learned tons from Gavin and all the incredible whiskey he gets to taste. I'm very, very jealous. <laughs> Dave, I tell you something really interesting. I didn't know about the psalm part, but recently, you know, I never drank wine for years because something in the tannins would just really make my kidneys hurt. It was oh, really? really weird. And that was all like, unfortunately to say, American based wine. As I go more and more and more, you know, people that I'm having dinner with are like, hey, let's get a bottle of wine. Let's get a bottle of wine. Sure, dude, I don't really drink wine, but that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, me, you know. And I normally, like, inside my head, not physically, I roll my eyes like, oh, God, I'm just going to have a sip because it hurts me. I don't want this. For the last two years, I've been drinking just crazy, like, French and Italian wine. Like, the best of the best. I don't hurt. No pain, no nothing. And I'm like... Man, is it true? Is everything just different overseas here in well, America? <laughs> I've got to tell you, over here in Europe, we have a lot more class and elegance, you see, in our wines. Um, so it's good for you. I mean, and, and it's crazy for me because, it, like, this is going to sound kind of like a dick, but it's just, it is, like, when I look what I can get for a really good bottle of wine price-wise, like, for $250, $300, you can get a really good bottle of wine. And that's like at any wine shop, you know, it's not at a restaurant, obviously, that's going to be a lot more. But I'm like, I can't get that for whiskey. Now, granted, it's not the same experience. You're going to finish that bottle of wine either that day or within 24 to 48 hours. Not like the whiskey that I've had bottles open in my bar for like seven years. (laughs) Like it's not the same. But I was just like blown away, especially like these Pomeroles and learning about the left bank and the right bank. And I'm like, holy shit, there's like a whole nother world for me out there when I'm not drinking whiskey. And I'm now, I'm in 2024, I'm seriously considering one of the other thing, and we'll get to whiskey, my friends, in a minute. (laughs) Sorry for the detour listeners. One of the cool things that I'm learning about wine is obviously it continues to age, you know, when it's sitting in the bottle stored correctly. And there's some that you like, oh, you buy this one and you open it in six years. It's going to be phenomenal. Now, obviously, I'm going to make an assumption in six years when it's prime, it's probably going to be worth a lot more than it is currently. So I'm like, I'm looking at those opportunities. Like, I don't if I drink a bottle of wine every two weeks, that's a lot. So why not kind of start to stock up on some really good stuff that I can have a lot of fun with in the future? And obviously, I'm always looking for an appreciating asset. Well, let me let me use that as a. I'm going to do a segue on your podcast into from wine okay. to whiskey. Okay, we've got this. So blow it. You got. <laughs> so give me. So so first question. We got. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I want you to do that. But the first question I want you to answer for me, to the best of your ability, is what was your first foray into whiskey? What did that look like? Yeah, as so, a wine guy, like like, how did that look? Yeah, so basically, I've loved whiskey since I was, or was drinking whiskey since I was 15, something like that. And that would have been like, you know, Bell's Teachers, pretty cheap, inexpensive grain whiskey over here. I first got into single malt. I don't know exactly when, 
But I do know, you know that Lefroy, you buy a bottle and you can get a square foot of Isla. And you go to the yeah. distillery, they give you a dram as your, your rent. Well, I've got one of the, I lost my first certificate, but I've still got my second one. And I think that was rounds about, what do you think? That was probably about in the late 1980s, 86. And I'm so number, not a lot of single malt. Yeah, so num, number 20,000 was wow. my certificate. And it's obviously it's in the millions now. So, yeah. yeah, I've been drinking single malts for over 30 years. But the really interesting thing is I'm a sommelier in a, a Michelin-starred restaurant at a time when there's only 43 Michelin-starred restaurants in the whole of the United Kingdom, right? Yet no wine merchants carried whiskey. The only place you could really buy it was from the supermarket. The specialist shops did not carry it all. There was one chain called Oddbin, so your English listeners of a certain age will remember fondly. But I didn't have one in my locality. And they had some some beautiful whiskies, I understand. So we didn't know where to buy it from. And I would be in London all the time and you just did not see whiskey on the shelves. And it's a real horror for me now because I would have been the guy who would have <laughs> bought a 1964 Beaumont, you know, and, and enjoyed yeah. it. The whiskey, yeah, I couldn't yeah. have I mean, it back then. $292 or something back then when it released. I mean, it wasn't like it was, wasn't $24,000 plus, yeah. plus, plus. Yeah, and that's actually probably your exchange rate. For us, it's probably in current exchange rate, more like under $200. Yeah. You know, it was just really sad that I didn't discover the whole world. But it wasn't But it wasn't a thing. I mean, I, I think I started drinking around the same age as you were when I was in South Africa, and whiskey was just kind of like, it was, and, and I don't want to sound sexist, but it was a man's drink yeah. with uh, a lot of them smoked cigarettes back then, a lot of cigarette yeah. smoking. And my and my grandmother would drink a wine spritzer or brandy and soda, but yep. they weren't like they weren't. It was it was a very hard drink because it was so that alcohol was real strong. You know, you tasted it. You know, oof. Yeah, you know, every sip was was painful in a good way. Yeah, and also, but the the cognac houses were on their game. I sold a shit ton of um, you know, Hennessy XO. Martel Cordon Bleu, Hein Antique. Martel, like, like, Martel flew me down to their family chateau in Cognac when I was a sommelier. And we tasted like Cognac from the 1800s. It was just wow. insane. They were on their game. Whereas you never heard from a whiskey reputable brand ambassador or company whatsoever. Just restaurants were not on their radar. So, so when did, when did you see it come? When did you see whiskey start to come into restaurants? Oh, I don't know. I, I retired from being a sommelier in about the year 2000, 2004 full time. So I was doing restaurants and nightclubs around that time. Yeah. I started in about 1996. And I mean, you'd have one token bottle of Johnny Walker Black and one Johnny Walker Blue. And that's yeah. what, that was your whiskey lit. And Jameson was a shot. Yeah. <laughs> a bar shot. A cheap, it, it tasted better than tequila. Like the bar- bartenders were drinking that or they would, you know, you would just, you know, hey, I want a bunch of Jameson shots. There was no like appreciation in the early 2000s. No. And then I ended up running a uh, a top 100 restaurant in the United States. Very high end, very fancy, not Michelin star, but top 100 in the country. Yeah. And I swear, I think we had like four whiskeys on the menu, but we had like nine rums. We had a wine list that was, I mean, pages and pages and pages to yep. go with a, a full page of champagne. And that was the birth of like the cocktail generation was starting. So you had gotten through the, I forget the one with the pomegranate juice, the, the, the martini, it was a martini. It was the red martini and they did it with cranberry or pomegranate juice. I forget, but I was in like the heyday of the mojito. It was yeah. the mojito and the old fashioned, which bartenders hated because they didn't have simple syrup. Back then, so they had to like muddle it and beat it up, and you know every drink took you know three four minutes that they didn't have. Yeah, no, I, I missed the, the whole. I actually started writing a book on cocktails in the late nineteen eighties because in the restaurant, you know, sometimes it was quiet. And what do you do with your time? You've got only a, a few tables in. What do you do? Well, I studied wine through, through books, and I started. Well, what cocktails could I make? 
just out of interest to keep myself, um, my brain active, really, and the exploration of different flavors. Um, but I never really. No, I look how I look. I look how Suntory brought the highball back. Yeah, I mean, shit. That was the co- that was the cocktail. Well, like instead, it was called a scotch and soda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is the, the the gateway drink, isn't it? To non whiskey drinkers now, highball or oh. make ginger instead of soda, and they love it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's an interesting time. So you okay? So you start toying in the whiskey. What's what will you say? What's your next foundational memory of like? All right, I'm on. This is something I'm excited about. Well, it's, it's, I think we all probably go through a similar journey. So for years, I'm a, you know, middle-aged guy now, but from, you know, from the age of 30, anything that I reasonably want as a birthday gift or Christmas gift that my family would very kindly buy me, I can go out and buy myself at any time. It's not like you're a kid, is it? And you're getting all... No, no. Look, make your life very, very easy. Just please, if you want to get me something, get me a bottle of whiskey. That's all I want. You've never got to ask me ever again what I would like for Christmas or my birthday. Whiskey's good. And so I built up a little collection, literally supermarket only whiskeys, which actually included Macallan. Macallan was available um, in the supermarkets, uh, you know, the yeah. grocery stores back then. And I probably had it at a maximum. Oh, I remember taking a picture on Christmas Day. I was so proud because I had 20 bottles of, of, of whiskey give or take and that went on for many many years and then yeah it's probably i don't know 2018 or 19 i got a i think i'd actually i got a bit of cash in my pocket and i went to i think sparked in my mind and i just went to hedonism which is an amazing wine whiskey shop off barclay square in london and i went in there and if you want, I mean, you'd love it. And I don't know if you've been there, Gavin, but it's for ball. No, no. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't done a trip to London in ten years. Yeah, it, it is literally. You know, it's the guy with the billion pound super yacht is going to buy their whiskey and wine there because they've got everything. I mean, literally everything. It's insane. Uh, but I went in there and said, "Look, hey, I want some whiskey. I'm not going to buy in the the, the, the grocery store supermarket." I've got, I think it's like 75, 80 pounds budget. And Dave, wait, wait, what year, what year was this? This is probably roughly. 2018, roughly, you know. Oh, shit. So you're, so, so things are trying to move. I mean, it's not like, it's not like they know, there's not like deals sitting on the shelf. No, 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 true. No. Yeah. And I said, what, what would be, you know, a good investment um, potential as well. And straight away, the guy bought out, I think he's a 12 year old um, Glendronic. Um, mm. which I still, um, still got. And then I probably went dormant for a little while. Then actually, I think it was really during, um, COVID in 2020, I thought I used that three month period to do a deep dive into whiskey. And I think back then I had, I probably was sitting, yeah, probably about 30 bottles. Now I'm sort of, you know, getting on for 500. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it escalates quickly. <laughs> I've got, I've got you know, a lot of investment stuff, a lot of this investment, and also I've got you know a whole ton open as well. So there's drinkers, but I'm probably as I write about whiskey, I'm in a very fortunate position that some wonderful people at distilleries send me little miniatures or bottles to to write about. So I don't need to buy whiskey but i do and actually i bought three bottles this week actually while i was in in london because i want uh I, I in england our licensing laws are different so i have what we have a personal license so i've got a license to sell alcohol so i can do pop-up bars, as long as it's in a licensed premises like a pub or a hotel i can do that so part of my investment strategy for whiskey is to go out there with you know 40 or, uh, or I could do a pop-up bar, like 40 or 50 whiskies, just do a bar. Or what I really started to do is a thing called, um, I call it Beyond the Supermarket, Beyond the Grocery Store, where I generally go to, you know, a club where they can get members in. And I charge them a very, very low fee. And I say, you guys always drink, you know, whiskey off the shelf in the supermarket. But there's a whole world beyond that. Let me introduce you to stuff. And we taste it all blind. 
and I give them, yeah, things which are going to be just a little bit, another level up from the, the, the supermarket, all different cask finishes and all different countries. And it opens up their, their eyes in their world. But it means I can buy more drinking whiskey, which I love. Because I probably like you, I love buying as well as cracking. Listen, I, I mean, you know, last year I did a couple of decent sized purchases for the investment. But yeah. most of my purchases were actually independent bottlers yeah. on auction because, like, you just—it's the best deal in the world. Oh, you know, okay. especially you know, you get you get a thirty-six-year-old Glenn Grant for like two hundred and forty bucks. Now, don't get me wrong; you still got to ship it plus hammer fee. It comes closer to five hundred when all things are said and done. <laughs> but it's like you know, I for me, it's like I made a decision last year that I'm just not drinking young whiskey anymore. It's just the barrel hasn't done the job. I don't get it. I don't care. You know, brands, when they try to send me it, I politely just say no. It's just like, it just doesn't excite me. And if I'm not excited, I just don't have all the time in the world to, you know, just, it's not worth it for me. I, I truly apologize. I'm saying this very nicely. But I've just been hooked on these vintages, you know, north of 20 years. And it's, primary, it's obviously, it's all scotch. But, you know, the Gordon and McPhail's and the Duncan Taylor's and the Adelphi's and the Black Adder's. Like, I'm just oh, hooked on wow. Oh, you, you, um, you know, Duncan Taylor, I was very lucky that I got twice last year to taste their 40 year old Port Ellen. And that was just, yeah, insane. One of the, one of the whiskeys. Well, I, mean, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm close with the Gordon McPhail, you know, the cousins. And when I was in Scotland, I had dinner with Stephen. And then I went back to my hotel up there in Rothes and they had like from 1956, Gordon McPhail just sitting in the bar. And I was like, hey, can I get like a quarter pour? And they're like, yeah. And I so I drank stuff from like 1956, 1960, 1962, 1964. And my bill was like 90 bucks. Is this the station hotel? Yeah. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drive. It's about a 12 hour drive from me. I'm leaving now. I tell you, they have a, they have this old, like, they have, it's, it's like, I wouldn't say it's a safe, but it's like an old still, an old wash still. That they yeah. put a lock on the top of it, so it's the glass, you know, when you could normally see the the spirits coming through it. And they have some some G and M's in there that are just freaking bananas. And Stephen was even blown away because I I went I had a drink, then I went to have dinner with him, then I came back and drank some more, and I was texting him, and he's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? These are at that hotel?" I'm like, "Yeah, dude, I'm drinking like 1962 Linkwoods. It's like this is nuts." And I'm like, "Yeah, right. It's like right here. This is and the and the and the the woman who runs the hotel." She was just so excited to see my excitement. Yeah. And then, you know, and then and then the next day I was invited to Cairn, you know, which is a Gordon McPhail, you know, distillery. Yeah. And, uh, from space. Yeah. And, and I, and, yeah. So I went there and, you know, they're doing all the blending, but it's you know, obviously, you know, it's just up and running now. So they don't have enough liquid to make their own stuff yet. But they show... Like, no joke, the next, like, 70-year progression of that brand. Yeah, yeah. And because of their G&M stocks, they've basically created the prototype of what they want all the whiskey to be, the 18, the 25, the 30, 35, the 40, the 56, the 70. Like, they're like, this is the end result. This is what it's going to be. Now, we're using our old stocks, but... The goal is to make this all here and recreate that when the time is right. Oh, my right. Lord. I drank the 56 and the 70. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I mean, I, I've never, I've never, ever had a blended whiskey that at that level. It's just not possible. Well, can I, can I, it's just not possible what they've done there. Can I introduce you to another brand which you may or I'm not, I don't know how uh, big they are in the US. They still launched um, in the UK. Probably in 2022, which is um, House of Hazelwood. Have you come across them? Oh, I love them. Well, I'm oh. good friends with Kirsten. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I sat so next, next to her at dinner, actually, at the House of Hazelwood um, last last year. And yeah, those... So were, she was... I was supposed to, on this trip to Scotland, you know, back in, in October, I, I was supposed to meet up with her. And it was funny because I was like, listen, I just... I can't make it work. You're, you know, she was in Europe. And when I say in Europe, of course, she was in Europe. She was like in the south of France. And she's like, hey, like, I'm like, these are my dates. I just don't think it works. I got a lot going on, but it will do another trip. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. And then, so so in my mind, she's in the south of France. Okay, good. Sorry, Kirst, you know, don't get to see you. 
So then I, you know, I go with John from Glen Turret to the Sotheby's thing. Yeah, you know, the distillers one of one. And they, they're pouring, you know, House of Hazelwood 55-year-old at lunch, you know, because they have this full, uh, bot- the this, this set of liquid up on auction. They made it kind of like a, like a, a, a an advent calendar slash like holiday. Wait, I, 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 so can I tell, interject very quickly. God, I, I did the photography of it for them, for the auction. Ah, so, David, you know, spectacular. I'm a photographer. I'm like, so glad again. <laughs> yeah, so but so it is just fucking beautiful. So anyway, so at lunch there's no Kirsten, there's no one rep- there's no one there from House of Hazelwood. Cool, we drink it. That night, I go back. We go back. It's like the press thing, and 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 I go outside and I'm hanging out with with Daz from Bowmore, and I look to my left and there's Kirsten having a cigarette outside. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. She's like, oh my god, yeah, my dad. <laughs> so because they're just bringing liquid into America now, yeah. Yeah, they're just bringing it in. Phil, I'm still actually waiting to hear what they've got. I like this, but yes, I love the story. I love the liquid. I mean, you know, I I got to try it for the first time last year in April at yeah. uh, Mahesh's event, Universal Whiskey in Vegas, and Kirsten stood up there on the Thursday night Legend de- Dinner, and she just and she's like, you know, hey, you know who I am, you know the William Grand family, and she's like, we just got some very old shit, and this is it. It's a, yeah, I'm, 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 no. tasted, I think I've tasted virtually all of them, and uh, it's just amazing. I absolutely oh. love it. It's uh, mind blowing. No, I'm 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 excited for that. I obviously like, I like it as an extension for their brand. Yeah, yeah. But going back to that initial statement, like I, independent bottling in your neck of the woods is just so much more prevalent. Yeah, and it's so freaking good that you can taste these non-core whiskey barrels. That are just phenomenal. Obviously, they didn't meet the cut of whatever was being produced in the core range, or they made too many of them. You know, whatever. I don't yeah. care. You know, it's just like I, I, I just I geek out on that. But okay, let's go. Let's go back to you. This is like you know enough of me here. Give give me okay. So now 2018, you go get that. You go get the bottle. Yeah. Um, when do you actually launch the magazine? Yeah, it would have been in 2020. I was going to do it. So I had a I own a publishing company as in a print publishing company. And we do, yeah, books on, uh, you know, cookbooks and various other things. And COVID basically destroyed it. I just put a new book out on food and yeah, COVID nightmare. So my plans were to do it as a print publication. And I thought, fuck it. It's just too much money to put down and, you know, God knows what's going to happen. Let's go digital and it's more immediate and more live. So I did that. And, you know, you were one of the first people I interviewed, actually, for it. And then, as it's a, a one-man band, you know what? It is frigging hard to sell, you know, advertising. It is oh god, really yeah. hard to do all the design work, you know. I spent so much time doing design. You look ni- nice. And it's really getting me down. It's putting me off from doing it because it wasn't generating enough revenue to employ someone. It's an insane amount of work. And then, yeah, I think, so, you know, a year ago, a bit before that, I discovered um, Substack. And thought, you know what? Let's do it as a Substack, as a newsletter. No publishing schedule. You know, I try for every week. It might be every fortnight. And we just see how it, how it rolls. I'm not going to do any news items because it's out of date. We're all on social media. We, we've heard it all. Yeah. So, you know, just make it full of more in-depth articles of distilleries that I visited or people that have got really interesting whiskies. I'm not going to really talk about core range stuff because the audience isn't interested in that. So I seek out yeah. the different, which is, you know, independent bottlers, older things. I write about, we're very lucky obviously here being in England and being close to London, but I get invited to a lot of events, a lot of um, launches. Which is just super, you know, interesting. Gives me oh, it's the best to write about. So you've got things for the actual, for the, I think we, you can get carried away the whiskies that perhaps we get to drink. And you have to think of the majority of people spending 60, 70, 80 pounds on a bottle of whiskey is a lot of money uh, against the hundreds. And, and it is a lot of money. So I think it's important mm-hmm. to write about those, but whiskies which are, you know, interesting and 
Uh, and like you, I get you know, a lot of people saying, oh, can you write about this? It's like, well, no, it's just too, it's 40% and it's, you know, $50. <laughs> or they have some. And you're like, I, I mean, one, one thing I've learned, David, is like, if they're reaching out to me, it's generally something I don't want to drink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if I'm reaching out to them, it's because I want to drink it. Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, when you've got your, you know, over 200,000 followers on, on Instagram now, right? I've got nowhere near that, but I I write for a luxury website, and that website has really good relationships with so many luxury brands, um, you know, Ferrari, Lamborghini, Rolls Royce, and you know the, the the owner can phone up and here get one. Hell, we 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 literally we went to do a tour of Scotland last year. We phoned up McLaren, got a 720s for eight days from McLaren, went on tour. You know, <laughs> this is all the level of the website and the readership. It's high net worth individuals. And yeah, and it goes out, you know, 100,000, you know, views, uh, readers a, a month, you know, UK based. And some brands, they, you know, I'm not going to mention names because it's unfair, but they say, here's a press release. And it's a bottle that costs, say, £150. And I was like, OK, that's interesting. Can you please, you know, send me a sample? Oh, no, we can't do that. We can send you a bottle of something, you know, 40 quid. So, well, send me 50 mil. And they went, no, we can't send you something. <laughs> Your meal. So, well, I'm not gonna fucking remember about you, then am I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna do a regurgitate your press release, you know. And other brands do all they can. There was, they, a, there was, a, there was a bourbon brand. There was a bourbon brand in the last sixty days that was like, "Hey, we really want you to." I'm like, I haven't even tried the whiskey. Like, tell me about the whiskey. Yeah. No, we'll just send you the video and you just repost it. And I'm like, I just don't do that. Like, I just don't do that. And where is the integrity? Oh. Where is the integrity? Yeah, well, and, and they couldn't, like, they, I went through three different people. They were just like, they couldn't understand why I just wouldn't repost the video. I'm like, <laughs> I just don't do that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you know, I don't, it's like, but it's funny that you're saying about the value of the whiskey. And like, they're like, hey, well, we're not going to send you any to try. Just, just trust us. It'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Thank you, that. And it's not even, I mean, but I look funny, 150 pounds in the big scheme of things. It's not. Uh, in whiskey terms, it's not that. I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess how badly do you want the press and do you want? I mean, I always tell people, you know, you can, you know, I have a global whiskey audience. And yes, it's confusing because I don't generally drink cheap whiskey. I just don't. So, you know, I have this global audience and, and a lot of them aspire to be me or live vicariously for me through me or a lot of and, and then a lot of them could buy or sell me personally. Yeah. They could buy me. Help me yeah, multiple times because they're so rich. I'm just like, I get excited about the history on it. So for you on your journey, as you go down these rabbit holes, has there been any whiskeys that you're just like, holy shit, there's something special here? I'm sure there's a few, but like yeah. any that come to the, I mean, House of Hazelwood is something unique. Like I agree. Yeah. There's something special there. Like it's mind blowing that they kept, they didn't release this a long time ago. Yeah. So I like things which challenge me and are different. Okay. So and I think you've got, you know, all Scotch, Aiden, aged in sherry cast. Yeah, it's lovely. And you get different yeah. levels of quality. So yeah, tasting something old excites me, but you know, it is lovely. But I want to say something completely different. So what springs to mind immediately, there's a, a distillery in Melbourne, Australia called iniquity tin or tin shed distilling and they do some they send me some samples though and they're amazing i've not tasted you know anything like it it was just amazing um there is a distillery in tasmania called balcones i think it is yes yes brothers and rod the oldest wine merchant in the world had a launched the pioneer series um last year which is all about sustainability which was with nine whiskies and one cognac, all have really strong sustainability projects. And they invited me and others to this incredible dinner in their Napoleon cellars underneath St. James's in London. And they bought this, yeah, this whiskey out from the, the, this this estate in Tasmania. And it was just insane, you know. <laughs> you, it's like, how'd you get these flavours? And it was a complete... Love it off. Hey, it's climate, it's climate, it's wood, it's liquid. I mean, there's so yeah. many things that happen yeah. in different countries. But completely. And, and, and it was just like, I think most people in the 
the room's like shock, you know, what is this? Because it was so way out there. But I absolutely loved it. And I've got to say, in, you know, I, you know, I sat down with Graham McTavish late last year. And I'm sure you were, he's got, you know, he's an actor from The Hobbit and Outlander. Mm -hmm. Got his own whiskey brand now, McTavish. And you think, oh, it's another celebrity name to another yeah. whiskey. And i got to say, the whiskey was beautiful. I absolutely love it. It was a bottled and bond bourbon. And I loved it. It was just these incredible flavours coming through. So that, that really... Um, yeah, but that's what's great as an everyday drinker. I mean, the fact that you're yeah. getting, you know, that yeah. kind of, you know, like, I, I mean, people ask, what's the most exciting thing that you've tried that you were the most surprised? And it's the milk and honey, the guys out of Israel. Yeah, amazing. Like, I, I didn't even know what, I was like, holy shit, this is great whiskey. Yeah. I bought something that I just didn't, right now. I didn't see it. You know? Yeah, no, they're sending me, I said, I, you know, they, I, I tried a bunch because um, at Travel Bar in Brooklyn, you know, he, Mike's a huge fan of them. Yeah. He's a huge fan of them. And and so I try them when I'm there and I'm like, holy shit, this is good. And the guy randomly hit me up and he's like, hey, I'd like to send you a bottle. I'm like, I just don't do that normally. But because it's you guys, actually, I would. But I want you to really like show off. I want you to send me what you think is the best. And I don't care how if it's coming in a teaspoon or a bottle. I don't give a shit. But like put your best foot forward in your opinion. And I want to see what that's like. And the guy's like, OK, cool. What's your address? I'm like, all right, no, yeah, perfect. I think mean, that's one of the really annoying things is because sometimes there's, I do exactly the same thing to uh, distilleries, and a lot of them over here are you know owned by Diageo. And I can't get on Diageo yeah. radar at all. I can't hardly get a reply to an email, and I really want to talk about their products. They've got amazing lineup of distilleries, but I had someone in. Uh, yeah. A, a small craft, you know, bourbon producer. They said, yeah, we'd love to send you stuff, but it's illegal. We can't do it. It's like, you're the most free country in the world. The land of... <laughs> <laughs> no. Ten million. No. <laughs> Come on. Are you, are <laughs> you saying in the, in the UK, Dave, are you seeing bourbon coming alive? I think it's not as big as the bourbon producers would like. I know that... I went to a dinner hosted by Dawn Davis and Billy Abbott from the Whiskey Exchange last year yeah. when they had, I mean, you imagine, you know, Whiskey Exchange, biggest wine, the whiskey company, you know, retailer in the world, I think. But Dawn, amazing. She's out there. She's personally going and finding these small batch whiskies and importing them. And I just literally said the tasting, I want to buy every single one of those. And I pretty much have. But they're all out. They go out of stock straight away. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, let's, let's, let's address this. Unfortunately, a lot don't even get the chance to go in stock. They go straight to the auction where the Americans buy them back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're like, wait, oh, my God, you guys have this, this, and this? You know, in London, they're like, no, nah, that guy sold it straight to the auction and you bought it back. Yeah, uh, that's okay. funny for us because we see I'm um, like Eagle Rare Ten. I can get that anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By yeah. yeah but it, anywhere, anywhere, sitting there, sitting, staring at you for days, weeks, months. Yeah, you know, it's well, it's just you know, it's not there yet. I think that you know, if I look at what some of the the American whiskey brands, they're really trying to focus on the cocktails overseas. Yeah, because you know, you know. There's few of us that will that will in the world of whiskey in general, whether it's American or international whiskey, that like cask strength, high ABV, you know. So American whiskey is just higher, and yeah. that's just not the palate of Europe. No, no, and and also, I mean, I I love I'm really enjoying rye as well, which is obviously oh, oh, no. you've got. Um, you oh, know. get yourself get yourself a bottle of the Mixtures Ten Rye. Probably sitting there. Oh, really? It shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. Get a get a bottle of make or get any of their toasted barrel or barrel strengths. Any of those rise, that they, they, they just do it. They do it. Ah, they do it. I mean, you talk you talk about you know working in Michelin star restaurants. They take the time to make Michelin star whiskey. In my opinion, yeah, they do a lot more than people want to do or would do to even think to do. 
Yeah, I've got, I've got three or four bottles of theirs um, open on my shelves. And yeah, that's absolutely... I, I love them. Just really, really love them. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I, I just is. So tell me, you've had a lot of cool experiences. Yeah. Are there any experiences that stand out where you're like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm doing this? Yeah. I mean, considering you started this in 2020, so you've escalated pretty fast into the loop. Yeah, I, I mean, and some things which, yeah, I'll, I'll do a quick, I mean, highlights. Let's go through, I think, last year. My memory's pretty bad. But yeah. I love a 54-year-old. That was an amazing experience yeah. to do that. Um, going to House of Hazelwood, staying in the House of Hazelwood, having dinner with Kirsten, that was incredible. But also, I think one which I think you've done, which blew me away last year, and you've mentioned it already, John Laurie from Glen Ah, oh, oh, turret. I've been, since day one, I've been a really big fan because I love that everyday whiskies, I think, are uh, beautiful. Everyone, oh, it's the same. The, man the managers, drams, the 15-year-olds. I mean, they're just fucking phenomenal whiskey. Yeah, and and, and I... And, 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 and what I respect, just before you... What I respect of Glenn Turret is they don't walk around beating their chest. Like, look right. at me, look at me, look at me. They don't do any of that. They let the whiskey speak, and the whiskey is so loud and so flavorful. Yeah, and that 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 sort of um, you know, a lot of people traditionalists dismiss them because it went into famous grouse. But I, I mean, I got yeah. the, the maiden releases, and I lucky I went to the launch of their fifty-year-old um a couple of years ago. Yeah. But last year we went up with a, a couple of others, and we had this for the launch of the prowess whiskey mm -hmm. and i think that's my second or third visit to the distillery but we had dinner at lally which is for readers who don't oh. know, <laughs> it, 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 my happy normal. place it's my happy <laughs> place johnny and i did a did yeah. 10 day session we sat there and i was just blown away i'm i'm calling that for two michelin stars when it comes out i thought it was mine well it's like i got to spend time it was an interesting trip because i did dinner and then the next day was actually their um their company holiday party oh really so 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 john was like hey dude just come we're gonna do like pizzas in the parking lot and tacos and i was like fuck it so there's like the whole company and then there's gavin hey guys how's everybody doing but i got to hang out with mark and mark's like at a whole nother fucking level as far as cooking like i said to him i'm like that meal last night and i've had quite a few amazing michelin star dinners yeah. And I felt that the, a lot of them were very curated to make sure that, like, they took care of the people who were dining. Yeah. I felt that Mark didn't give it, I wouldn't say he didn't give a shit about who was dining, but he cooked food for himself, elevated and yeah. twisty and turny enough that was just next level. It just happened to turn out at that level. Like, it was just so, so over the top sometimes, but so well dialed in. Like you would obviously expect, which is why they got the star. But I, I was like, dude, I feel like you just you just went out there like a graffiti artist and was like, dude, I'm just going to get as creative as I want to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm, the result I'll, is phenomenal. I probably had too much bloody whiskey and I was probably being a bit of a bit of a knob talking. <laughs> talking to Mark. Oh, no, I, I, it was just me and John. It was raining, freezing cold. And we sat there and we, had, we did the wine pairing. And I think I had two whiskeys for dinner. But then yeah. the next day after the staff party, John did me the whole lineup. And then I went back to my hotel at Glen Eagles, uh, definitely a little hammered. And yeah. it was like Sunday night, you know. <laughs> and I ended up going for a curry over there. And then that's when I went back to the bar and ordered that 1950 McAllen at the bar. Uh, I'm like, like, hey, look, like it. it's been a hell of a fucking day of drinking. Yeah. But then let's, I mean, let's just touch on, you know, you're about investments. And yeah, I'm, you know, in terms of my investment bottles, then, you know, I'm pretty into Glen Turret because very early on, you look at them as a brand and you've got yep. Lally, one of the, the luxury, you know, uh, you know, the, the. Well, investing into them. Look at the bottle, the whole brand positioning, the relationships they have with people. The whiskey they're putting out now is going to be unicorns back in in the future i think not not the normal everyday stuff but they've got their their drinking stuff then they've got the stuff like i purchased um the they did a jaguar e-class celebration yeah. i think 30 year old 
like one of a hundred and something. I got that. They also did a collaboration. Um, they've done two, but there's the special one with St Andrews Hotel. You can only buy it at St Andrews Hotel, and oh, they yeah. do, and they do it at Glen Eagles as well. Glen Eagles, they have a line out the door when they get yeah, releases I, I, there. Well, I think this one, I think they do that on a like a normal, if you can say that. Yeah. Right? So the the upper one. So I think the St Andrews one. I can't remember. I think I paid about two thousand two hundred pounds for that. That's already sitting at auction at like you know three thousand and five hundred. But when the um the open comes back round to St Andrews in a few years' time or for their two hundred fiftieth anniversary, you know that thing there's going to be some people there with seriously deep wallets. Um, and I'm hoping to set okay, it. Okay, but 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 like, like, listen, listen, Dave. Let's go back to your statement 20, 30 minutes ago with the luxury magazine and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, what's a lot of money to us is not a lot of money to other people. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that's where I see the value. Like the stuff that I'm buying, I'm not buying. I'm buying stuff that ultra rich people can buy, not. A Yamazaki 55 that you're down to maybe 10 people in the world. Yeah. I'd prefer a Macallan 30 blue box where you've still got 20,000 people in the world that would drop six, seven, 10 grand for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I look at stuff that I, when the time comes to sell that I can, that'll move real quick. No problem. Also, it's stuff that, you know, because I get opportunities where I'm like, well, I could sell some stuff in order to upgrade to this big bottle, but I'm like, there's not a big audience for those and you're dealing and you know when you start to deal with those ultra ultra rares and the audience is a lot smaller the people that hold the black book to get to those people they charge a lot of commission to get yeah. that in there so that's been my strategy buy stuff that's unique hasn't been made a lot of and hopefully of what the yield was a lot got drank and that's primarily the older stuff because nobody gave a shit about whiskey really until 2012 for a little bit. And then 2015, they all gave a shit. And by 2018, they all gave a shit. And by 2024, nobody drinks it anymore. They buy it and they call it an investment and it's not an investment. <laughs> this is so true. You know? And I'm like, I'm like I, I look at that and I go, yeah, that's why I'm buying independent bottlers to drink. Yeah. Well, my investment strategy is... <laughs> The, as I got alluded to earlier on my personal license, that in 10 or 15 years yeah. time, I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going through a phase at the moment of buying whiskey distilled in the 1990s and 1980s. Yeah. Uh, I was figuring 15, 20 years time, I can put on tastings. And this is why, you know, people don't like people who don't open bottles. There was a guy online, literally, I think yesterday, who was dismissing, you know, collectors. And he said, I want to buy it all day long. Bottle and it had gone, but I got another one at auction. So I said, well, exactly. If it wasn't for people, you know, like us who are buying and holding, <laughs> then releasing to auction, you wouldn't be able to do this. How could people now getting into whiskey buy stuff distilled in the 1990s, which may be a 12-year-old, yeah. if it wasn't collected? Hey, listen. It comes down to hey, what we did at the very beginning of this, um, uh, you know, conversation is in the wine trade. The aristocracy or the well-heeled in England would buy two cases of, you know, first growth Bordeaux or or one of the growths, one to keep and one to drink. The one to keep would double in value, then they'd have free drinking. Yeah. You know, and that's the way the world has always, always was. I know it upsets some people, but that's just, you know, commerce, the way things work. Look, we the problem the problem we have, and I'm I, I'm guilty of creating this, is people didn't understand the value of the whiskey as broad-based. There were people that knew about it. Whiskey auctions have been around. Auction houses have been auctioning whiskey fucking for decades. Yeah. But people yeah. didn't realize that a bottle for 500 bucks could be worth two grand. So yeah. because of guys like me and many others who started talking about it, what it's created in the United States now is the employees at the stores, they buy the bottles. Yeah. Before you and I can show up to the shelf, it doesn't even make it to the shelf. They buy it. They even get their employee discount because the store doesn't care. It's just a product sold. It doesn't matter who bought it. Hey, as long as nobody stole it, we're good. Yeah. And then they walk into a liquor store, which is highly illegal here, but it happens every day. And they sell it to the liquor store owner who says, 
hey, listen, you know, you paid 400 for it. I'll give you 800 and I'll sell it for two grand. And that quasi middle to low income wage employee just doubled their money. It's more money than they could make in three or four days of working. Yeah. That's just what happens. You know, I've, I've made peace with it. I'm angry about it. And I, and what's, what I've noticed, which I got excited about last year, and I hope more, is that some of the very top distilleries are now going direct to consumers. So if I am vetted as an, a person that will buy the bottles and hold them, because I'm still holding for another seven and a half years. Yeah. If buy them and hold them and not flip them, they will sell them direct to me at MSRP. Yeah. And I hope more start doing that because they're tired of all the games with the distributors and all that shit. Yeah. I, I've had the same. You know, I, I don't, I've only ever flipped once and that was with McAllen, which I thought was fair game. Um, but apart well, from so, that, so McAllen is like, so McAllen, I've like, I don't flip them because I have older stuff. Like for me, it's like, I don't buy like, you know, I, I got lucky with those edition number ones and number twos. Like, you know, I bought a lot of them. I didn't, they, to me, it was $86 whiskey with a discount. I was fine with that. I didn't think that they would become multi-thousand, multi-hundred dollars, and I'm not even done yet. But that McAllen 1 through 6 series was the first collectible series for a, I, I throw up, up in inverted commas, for an everyday person to be able to afford. For like $3,500, you could have a vertical of six bottles that was in demand. Which, not discounting the fact of 3500 bucks, but, you know, you couldn't buy anything else at that price in a oh. vertical from McAllen, <laughs> you know, for north of $25,000, $30,000. So, you know, Dave, I love talking to you, and we have to, we have to do another episode. This is freaking awesome. I didn't get a chance to let you finish your Glen Turret Top of the Mountain story. Finish it. What happened when you went there that first time and you said you drank? Like, what did you drink? And you went, holy shit, I can't believe I'm here. Well, I think that we did the, um, I actually, there was a tasting in London of their 50-year-old. And I went there before the actual tasting and tasted it with John and and, and Bob, the, the 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 master blender there. Yeah. And it was amazing. And then I did the the tasting halfway, so I, I got that one twice as well. Yeah, I, so I, I got to I got to try the freaking the set that they put up on Distillers One of One, uh, and I was just like, "Are you kidding me? Are you, I like I, like is this is life real right now?" Yeah. I'm hoping to do. I, I what I hadn't mentioned. I mentioned very very quickly. I'm also working on a couple of um whiskey books. One of which is going to be kind of a, a reference guy, which I'm kind of deep into at the moment. But also, I'm doing a an annual guide. But with a difference, it's not like, um, you know, the Mort Whiskey yearbook. It's completely and utterly different uh, to that. But I'm kind of hoping through doing that, and when that builds up credibility, then I'll get more invites to these, you know, really quite spectacular events. Or get some, like, a, you know, send a teaspoon of something amazing. Just yeah. to taste, because we need these whiskies as, you know, quite serious. You know, for me, I, I take the writing quite seriously. And you need stuff to benchmark against, and I need to taste the best whiskies out there to, yeah, build my knowledge base. In no really, well, is is capable, you know, the being made. I mean, I, I I call I call those whiskies the foundation of everything we drink right now. Yeah, good way of putting it. And it's like if you can't if you can't go back and taste that stuff from back in time when nobody cared financially about it, it was just whiskey. Yeah, just whiskey. People making whiskey. They had no idea what the future or the outcome of it was going to be. There was none of that. None of that. Now it's all about numbers. It was never about numbers back then. It was just like, hey, go get it. Nobody really cares. We're going to put it out anyway. And just like, hey, make our 40, 60% margin. But that whiskey that we're drinking, the 1990s, 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s, is the foundation of what we what is produced right now. That's what created it. So I geek out on that. Yeah, well, I think you should also get into um, Armagnac as well. You know, if you saw... 2024 is going to be wine and champagne. Maybe 2025, I'll go Armagnac. I mean, I, you know, I, I, there's so much great stuff out there with history. I've got things here. I was literally buying from, in London, the most expensive shop in London for, you know, spirits, etc. And I've got stuff from the 1970s, and I'm paying less than $200 a bottle. 
And what's the difference? No, well, I'm going to come you know, One's great, one's I'm... great. Both aged in oak barrels. And it's been, you know, I'm going to come out there and drink with you. Barrel. See, I'm just saying. <laughs> I should keep No, I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, no, no. There's chatter. There's chatter. Um, Dave, you want to give your social plugs before we wrap up? Yeah. How they can follow you again? On Instagram, it's clandestine underscore whiskey underscore magazine, where you can find a link to my whiskey substack. Or on Substack, it literally is clandestinewhiskey.substack.com. And that's it. Love it. Well, I can't thank you enough. I'm glad we finally pulled this off. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Definitely follow David. Definitely sign up for the newsletter and the magazine. It's it's awesome, man. He's He's got his finger on the pulse. He's living. He's learning. He's loving, most important. And he's got a huge passion for it. And I'm glad. I'm glad to be in the circle with you of passion, my friend. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Make sure you listen. If you listen to any of the episodes, give it a five-star rating because they're pretty good. Obviously, rate what you feel. I appreciate everyone, and thank you for listening to another great edition of the Rolex Whiskey Passion Project. Chat to you guys all soon. That's a wrap. Cheers.